Um, so hello everyone, um, we're from City University, so I'm the head of the Career Service, my name's Gemma. Uh, David uh, Seymour, I'm, um, I've got involved as the LLB Programme Director. Okay, so we're going to talk um, today about a particular initiative we had in the law school, um, really to pick up on some of the, um, what in careers terms we would call the career exploration elements, um, particularly following on from what we heard earlier about broadening people's horizons in terms of career, considering different career areas that they may <coughs> not actually have considered before, um, and how we've done that in law. Okay, do you want to? Um, okay, um, I'm a bit out of my depth here. Um, I've only become involved in employability since I've been the LLB director, which is about <laughs> 15 very long months. Um, and Many of these things will connect with what's been said, but also throughout I might sort of relate to my own development on this issue. The first thing that we sort of had an issue with is things we've talked about this morning. The, and I'm beginning to think it's less strong than it was, the gap between what academics see as important and what careers teams see as important. As I said, I think we're overcoming that, but there is becoming a myth that the academics see education as an end to itself and we really don't want to sully our hands with, with, with industry or with work. You know, we're, we're there to think and think very hard and to produce four outputs in seven years. Um, careers, and obviously Gemma can speak about this more than me, um, they see it as complementary, the academic and the career and employability as um, as as coming together <coughs> more, and I, and I agree with that. If those are the generic problems, then we have specific LLB problems. Uh, LLB, the, the Law Undergraduate Degree, we get our students, and those, the majority of them, come in and they think, I'm going to be a lawyer. And they think they're going to move from LLB to legal practice to a lovely job in, in, in a law firm, preferably in one of the magic circle, which is the big London law firms. Even fewer of them are going to make it there, and even fewer of them are going to make it to become enemies of the people, although we are trying. <coughs> um, be, maybe because, specific to law, employability isn't on their agenda. They assume they'll get a good LLB, and many of them do. They assume they'll get into LPC, Law Practice Course, or the Bar Course, and then they'll slip into a job. So there's no need for them, that first stage, to reflect on each of those stages and uh, problems with finding a job. Um, the advantage of an LLB, rightly or wrongly, is that it's a highly recognised degree um, from both inside and outside law. For some reason, it carries a lot of cachet. Um, so what, and I think I'll... I'll can I have the next slide? Because the reality. So that our students come in, and with our students at City, comma, University of London, um, their parents' expectations. Um, the reality is very different. We produce about 30,000 law students a year. There are roughly, and I should imagine as I'm talking, there should be a clock ticking down in the wake of recent events, 5,500 training contracts, and there are approximately 500 pupillages at the bar per year. As I say, I think this will decrease. 
it's I'm no I'm sorry for the maths. I think my maths are over three times, so I apologise. Um, but doing the math, not every law graduate, even those that want to be after three years a law graduate, is going to get a job as a solicitor or a barrister. It's also the law industry is also opening itself up. It's solicitor and barrister, and even the LLB is no longer the sole route to legal practice. There's that, that's another story, but it's becoming far more open. The cost of legal education, not only do our students have to pay the, at the moment, 9,000 stroke, 9,250 pounds, law school and bar school cost a fortune. And if you want to be a barrister, you have to go at least six months without pay. Legal aid, God rest in peace, um, has virtually disappeared. So many of the law firms or uh, chambers are no longer um, able to take people in, which they would have been funded for, with legal aid. That has gone, unfortunately. And obviously, the result is fewer law graduates end up in a legal career. Um, just before I hand over to Gemma, I think what we have to do, I, I think it's very important that the, the line we have to keep is, yes, it's perfectly possible for you to be a lawyer. I, I refuse to, on day one, to say, none of you are going to be lawyers, don't be silly, and break their little hearts. I don't think that's right, especially with the demographic we have at City. Yet, on the other hand, we want to encourage them to think about other alternative, equally valid careers later on. And that's what really drives what, what Gemma, and I will pass over to the expert on this, what Gemma uh, has to say about this. Okay, thank you. So we, um, this was our approach. So we'd already um, really taken a view that employability should be contextual within the context, you know, within the context of law. Um, so there's nothing generic about this. Um, it's, it's all very much focused on law and the specific challenges that we face that David's outlined. So we we introduced we had already introduced a first year core module, which I'll come on to say a little bit more about just to set that context. But then we've been thinking about this micro placements program as well. So the first year module, um, just to say a little bit about this, because it does uh, lead on to micro-placements, it's a 10-credit core module um, in the LLB curriculum. Um, it essentially is focused on career awareness, career planning and the legal landscape. Um, it's very employer-focused, so we have 50% employer delivery on the module, um, which the students really like. Um, and we get both legal and non-legal employers in there, really to kind of scope it out. Um, and give that background. But it wasn't really, um, our destinations data wasn't really improving, it still wasn't enough really, and I think there was a recognition that okay, a, a small amount in the first year isn't going to be enough to really resolve all these problems that we've talked about. So what we piloted last academic year um, was uh, what we're calling micro-placements. Um, so we started off with 32 places on the programme, we weren't sure whether it was going to be equally beneficial for first years or second years, so we decided to hedge our bets and open it to both and see what happened um, uh, in terms of interest. And we were very specific that it was about getting experience outside of the legal sector. So none of the projects were law related. Um, they were all outside of the legal sector. 
um, and in various different things. And they were all um, specifically designed projects. It's a bit like the, the Q-step that we just heard about. They were all project-based, so it wasn't going in and doing admin or doing a job. Um, it was actually kind of, this is a, a specific project that the employers designed for this initiative. Um, in the run-up to uh, going on a micro-placement, the students had to go through various mandatory stages to apply. So they had to come to a professional etiquette workshop because we deliberately um, targeted students who none of whom had any professional experience. So they just didn't, hadn't been in a professional workplace. So they had to go through that. They had to get training on how to write a CV and they had an interview um, that was collaborative between the career service and the law school. So they had a lot of prep time. So even those students who didn't, it's a bit like the Q-step, you know, even those students who didn't get on a placement in the end, um, actually they still got a lot from the process. Um, they were all two to five weeks. Interestingly, from the pilot, all of the employers wanted the students four or five weeks. So that's one of the, the learning points from it, is they did want that longer period. And they all took place last summer, um, which was sort of after the students had handed in their final assessments, then they went on their, their mini microphone. <coughs> they were all based in London, um, and all of the employers paid... Um, they, they were unpaid placements, which I'll come on to in a second, um, but all of the employers pay travel and lunch um, and that kind of thing, and some do pay a, a small amount. Um, one of the things that were inter interesting compare about our micro-placement scheme compared to maybe micro-placement schemes you might have heard about from other universities is that we got a corporate sponsor. So we really wanted to get students to recognise that actually this is a really, an employer thinks this is important. Um, for those careers people in the room, we all know that when we say something is important, they don't really take it on board, but if an employer says it's important, then they listen. So we wanted an employer to say, actually, we recognise this, we see the value in it. So we, um, the ICAW were very kind to sponsor because it linked to their, some of their global ambitions in terms of what they're trying to achieve as, a, as an organisation. And as you can see there, we won the Vice-Chancellor's Award, which is an internal um, awards process um, last summer for this project, purely recognising the quality of our collaboration between um, the academic school and the career service. Okay. So this is how we went. So um, we were worried a little bit about getting employers on board. We'd never done anything like this before, um, but we were really pleased that we had over a thousand employers express an interest in taking a micro-placement student. Um, we really wanted to make it WP-focused, so uh, widening participation-focused. So like many people in the room, we are a little bit worried about our, our widening participation students. They don't fare as well in terms of our graduate outcomes. So we really wanted to target our WP students and support them particularly through this process. So what we did is we didn't fast track them through any of the application process because as I said we recognise that the application process in itself is valuable. So why would you therefore want to fast track people through it? You want them to go through it. Um, but we did give them additional support um, through the process to make sure they could compete and they were successful as they went through. And we were successful in doing that in terms of getting WP students on the scheme. In the end, 60% of, of the students on the scheme were from a widening participation background, which we were really pleased about. Um, in terms of our other success measures, uh, we had an increased engagement with the careers service as a result of doing this. <coughs> Obviously, these are short things. You're not going to tick all the boxes in five weeks. But the students now are more like, engaged with the career service as a result of doing this. So we had a 30% rise in engagement of using other services. Um, we had really feedback from, positive feedback from the employees. I said the ICAW really liked it. We had the endorsement of a law firm as well, just really to recognise actually non-legal experience is still really relevant if you're a law employer. 
you know, you're still, these, some of these students will go on to have, get training contracts, hopefully. Um, but, you know, DLA Pipe is saying, actually, we still value this experience. It may not be in a law firm, but actually it's still going to stand them in really great stead. Um, and it, yeah, and there's some other stats there about how the students felt about it. Um, you know, really kind of, really recognising how valuable it is. So where are we going with it next? Um, so it was a really uh, successful thing, so we're going to roll it out further. We're going to, for this academic year, we're going to uh, increase the places on it. We're going to double the number of places to around 60. We're then also looking at how we can build on this through the rest of the curriculum. So, as David said, we don't want the, the message here isn't that you're going to not get into the legal sector. Some of the students will get into the legal sector, and we don't want to. Um, we want to kind of balance out that message a little bit. So we're going to have consultancy projects that are in the legal sector for the third years. So you know they can work in teams to work on a legal problem. So we're not saying you know the, the, we're kind of tempering the message a little bit, I guess. Um, we're also looking at kind of training for personal tutors so they can be engaging with their tutees about their employability. Um, we are obviously thinking about our TEF submission, as I'm sure everyone else in this room is. Um, and interestingly, um, I put in for some funding to roll this out further across the university from the Hefke bid, if some of you in this room are involved with the Hefke Catalyst money. Um, so I'm hoping to get that through to get some money. Because obviously the Hefke Catalyst, for those of you who aren't aware of it, is all about, all about supporting students with differential outcomes, which because of our WP focus in this scheme is particularly relevant. Um, uh, other schools within city are really interested in this as well. So we're now thinking about making it, well, well I'm now in the process of writing this up to be an elective module for the politics school as well. And I'm hoping that that elective module will then get taken up by other schools as well, um, so we can make it part of the core curriculum. Okay. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much.